Hey everyone, and welcome to Thanks for the Lyrics, a deep dive into a single line from a single Fall Out Boy song. I am James, one of your hosts. Aaron? I am Aaron, one of your other hosts. Tracy? I am Tracy, your third and final host. Welcome. This week, we are talking about a song we skipped on the last album. Mm-hmm. This is going to be our episode about Calm Before the Storm. We told you it was it was coming. The storm was a Bruin, but we needed a little bit of Tracy flavor to help us truly understand the Calm Before the Storm. Spoiler alert, I am the storm. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Tracy flavor tastes like taco dip. That's- yes. Skin. Yeah. I'm just assuming. This is fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I sweat it. Gross. Yeah. Um, gross. Any types of mental it. image. Just because it's gross doesn't mean it's not accurate. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Okay, so the chosen lyric for "Calm Before the Storm." I know you're all on the edge of your seats. Here it is. What you do on your own time's just fine. My imagination's much worse. And they didn't sing it. <laughs> Barely. I was right on the edge of it. I would like to talk about this lyric in the context of is Fall Out Boy maturing as this album progresses? <laughs> I love okay. that you asked that question. <laughs> I would say that this line indicates that they are. Mm-hmm. Thoughts okay. or agreements or disagreements i think that what you do on your own times just fine is a very mature and good boundary setting sort of situation uh as opposed to like i'm what i'm you know i'm trying to see in your window sort of stuff that we've seen before sure my imagination is much worse is sort of like a a punchline uh but i feel like it's also yeah real sort of like it doesn't matter what you're doing. I'm imagining you're doing so much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is maturer Fallout Boy. See, I was thinking about this um, before we recorded too. Like, what you do on your own time's just fine. Is like, yeah, like you said, boundary setting. That's a good way to put it. I guess I have nothing to add. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's very mature. <laughs> From like their kind of previous ways, they've put things. Yeah, and I think in my head, too, I think you've kind of talked about this, James, where mentally you separate the songs out, like, yeah. divisions. I think the last three songs of this album have, a di- like, a separate mental division for yeah. me. I don't know if it's, um, like, just the lyrics becoming more... I don't know. I just feel like there's it's more complex it's somehow. Or, like, these last three yeah. songs are... There's something that sets them apart from the beginning of the album. If that makes sense. I agree with that. Okay. I don't know how to explain it, but... Yeah, I yeah. think that I think there's definitely something that sets them apart. Um, but I just thought of something that maybe the audience has been yelling, and I've already referred to in this episode, this song is an old one, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was... So when you said that, I was wondering, because we talked before we started recording about how this one was on the other album, and changes and Mm -hmm. stuff that have been made was this one of the original lyrics uh i'm checking that right now um i know that pete added the second verse but 
Yes, it is in the evening out with your girlfriend version. Okay, interesting. Yes. So James, I'm going to make this puzzle work for us. Okay. So you know how when you like write and edit and stuff and you put things in certain orders, maybe what they're trying to do is take the album, like when they were deciding on track yeah. order, maybe that is something that factored into their track order is maybe we'll mature over the album. I like that. I like that the, the, it's sort of like an aspirational... It could be intentional, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Well, and part of the reason that we didn't talk about this song on Evening Out is because it didn't feel like... I mean, this, this is a better version mm-hmm. of the song, both with the updated lyrics and also just a better sounding version of the song because they had... Yes. It, it's a better recording. But part of the reason that we didn't cover it on the previous album is because it didn't feel like it fit on that album. Yeah. The way it feels like it fits on this one. I think that this song was written on a more mature level than Evening Out With Your Girlfriend was mm-hmm. for the most part. I think that this song was a little bit ahead of its time <laughs> in terms of the other stuff <laughs> that they were producing at the same time. Right. So I, I think that, yeah, I think that what Tracy said, you know, when, when they're putting together their track list you know, moving in an order where things get more mature and progress a certain in a certain direction as the album goes on. I think they probably did yeah. put this where they did on purpose instead yeah. of starting off with it. I wonder if there's more of like, this is just me pulling stuff out of my butt right now, but maybe there's more of like an overarching, I don't know, story, not maybe not story, but like how them processing something like a mm. breakup mm-hmm. you know at the beginning yeah. it's a lot of anger and whatever yeah or like yeah anyway yeah. trying to make a coherent sense here but and then like this is them like working through the process and that's why it would fall into this order because right. the I, I mean we'll get to it obviously in the last song but it's starting to feel more like a release at the end of the album yeah yeah i wanted to read something from the wikipedia page about uh pete and Patrick's uh, lyrics war, I guess I want to call it. <laughs> so this is from the lyrics section, uh, the second paragraph. It's uh, It says, Stump had written most of the band's lyrics to that point, including the songs Saturday, Dead on Arrival, slash Where Is Your Boy, which is a wild way to group that pair of songs. Yes. Uh, Grenade Jumper and Homesick at Space Camp. While Stump uh-huh. did not take his lyrics seriously, Wentz had recently recommitted himself to the band, and, quote, it felt like he had a list of things in his head he wanted to do right. Lyrics were on that list, end quote. Wentz picked apart Stump's lyrics ex- excessively down to syllables and began giving him notes. Stump felt wow. exasperated, remarking to the bassist, quote, you just write the fucking lyrics, dude. Just give me your lyrics and I'll write around <laughs> them, end quote. The duo were new to this process, and they found it exhausting. Stump would write the song, scrap his lyrics, then attempt to fit Wentz's lyrics where his were. So, oh my god, that that sounds exhausting. That's yeah. <laughs> I get tired just listening to that. Yeah, I think that Pete, you just write the lyrics, and I will write the music to go with them. Is a much yeah. more effective process. Yeah. Then how about if I write some lyrics and some music to go with them and then you change all the lyrics <laughs> and then I rewrite the song. Right. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. said uh, Stump was more concerned with the melodies, including the rhythm, syncopation and alliteration of words, while Wentz felt none of it mattered if the lyrics themselves lacked meaning. 
So. There we go. See, I feel like, yeah. yeah, that comes through. That comes through so strongly in Fall yeah. Boy. And they just, like, play to yeah. those strengths, and yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. It says, Stump said in 2013, man, did we fight about that. We fought for nine days straight while not sleeping and smelling like shit. It was one long argument, but I think some of the best moments are the result of that. Oh. So, I wish I knew what the best moments they're talking about were. Like, specifically, yeah. which lyrics? Give us fodder yeah. for our podcast, boys. <laughs> Do our homework for us. <laughs> Thanks for the supplement, Paul Boy. Um, yeah. This is uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> so when, like, maybe the year is, you know, 2035, and, like, you're just listening back and catching up on this podcast, and you can, like, laugh and be like, oh, my God, when they interview... Yeah. And become best friends with all the bandmates, then mm-hmm. like we'll find out. Little did you know. they know. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Little did they know. So is there anything more that we want to say specifically about the dichotomy between I don't care what you do because I'm imagining you doing so much worse? Like I, I think this has a multifaceted use case because you could say it about someone that you're like, you want to be dating, but they're dating someone else. You used to be dating but now you're not all sorts of, mm-hmm. I think that you, the difference between like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm imagining it's the worst thing I could possibly imagine in terms of whatever mm-hmm. context I have with you. Right. Works for both, for all sorts of different relationships. It's like a Swiss army knife. Oh, for sure. I do think that it matters. That there's a, there's a difference between whatever I'm imagining my crush doing is worse than what they probably are. Sure. Versus whatever I'm imagining my committed significant other doing versus what they actually are. Because in one, there's, you know, if you're imagining the person hooking up with someone else, you know, if you're theoretically in a monogamous relationship with them, then them hooking up with someone else holds a different Mm -hmm. weight than if you have a thing for them, but you're, it's it's just a, a crush. Right. Or even, I mean, broken up with, too, mm-hmm. I feel right. is also, like, a completely different feeling than, yeah. like, a before the relationship or after the relationship. Like, it's two completely different things. It's a different, it, it's the same, maybe, level of sting, but a different kind of sting. Yeah. yeah. I think that the, the, the context of the word worst, or word worse changes with the with the context of the relationship. Yeah. I also I it's it thinking about it a little more. It's like it doesn't matter if you're staying at home and just watching TV. I'm imagining and will hold you accountable for <laughs> the yeah. maximum possible crime. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's a little bit possessive or controlling or something yeah right he won't talk about how he keeps his jealousy close uh until the next album so uh (laughs) as far as we know he's he's both he's prosecuting this uh as the maximum crime possible uh yeah yeah so maybe not maybe not super great but so much more mature than the beginning of the album (laughs) right true so Ooh. I'm just it says thinking something like, about the beginning of the album, doesn't it? <laughs> thinking in the context of the song as a whole, um, I always got the feeling that there was like I I think it's post breakup. So I don't know if that's what you were thinking. Well, maybe not even post breakup. Like it could be pre relationship, but like there's this really bad news, and I don't yeah. want to talk about the rest of the lyrics. But I feel like they they got bad like 
narrator in the song got, you know, some bad news about someone they liked or did like or were with or something. Yeah. And it just, like, completely changed their world. Yeah, I think this is definitely a post-relationship song. Well, I was thinking about the calm before the storm is, like, he's, like... I'm. F- it's. I don't know if either of you are familiar with Friends enough, but like Ross finds out that Joey kissed Rachel, and he's like, "I'm fine. I'm totally fine." And like his eyes are going absolutely <laughs> crazy. It's that. It's like, yeah. listen, what you do on your own time's just fine. And you're like, oh, as yeah. as I me hearing this, I'm like, it's not, is it? This is just the calm before <laughs> the storm. It, it's. Yeah. This is going to be a yeah. fight later. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So maybe they're currently dating, found yeah. out that their significant other is cheating, but they haven't confronted them yet, and everything's yeah. changed internally for them, but they haven't hit the storm yeah. of the fight yet. That's possible. There's a deep lore in this song, I feel yeah. like. Deep. Yeah. Yes. So social media. We are on Twitter as a podcast. At thanks for the lyrics pod, but you know all those pesky vowels? Just just take them right out just and just put them up. right in the garbage can. They don't have any place in our Twitter handle. <laughs> Individually, I can be found at unabashedly Aaron James. I can be found at unabashed James Tracy. And I can be found at a deals warlock. <laughs> Back to you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network on Twitter at ScavengersNet. You can also go to our website, scavengersnetwork.com, and check out all of our sibling shows and the beautiful website that we have. If you enjoy what you hear from us and you want to help us and the network out, you can go to patreon.com slash thescavengersnetwork. And for $2 a month, you can get tons of bonus content, including something that we cut out of this here episode and put up on the Patreon just for you. Mm-hmm. So $2 a month gets you so much bonus content from us and all of, well, maybe not all of the other shows on the network, but like a lot of the other shows on the network. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And we've also started doing a Twitch stream in these quarantines. Oh. Uh, tw- Twitch.tv slash The Scavengers Network. There's lots and lots of ridiculousness happening over there. There's family game nights where random scavnet people play Jackbox games. Tracy has started doing a couple um, video game play. <laughs> I'm a Twitch She's streamer doing... now. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it's Persona 5 with Beth. Yes, on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern. And Detroit Become Human with Kyle. On Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. (laughs) And then on Saturday nights, Morgan from the Broads and the Bees and I are doing a Dream Daddy live stream that gets... Horned. Kind of ridiculous at times. Yeah, it gets uh, horned. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's good times. We're going to find something for James to stream besides Family Game Night. Yeah, James, we'll find something for you to do. Perfect. I'll dip my toe into the stream soon. Ah? Ah! 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 I see what you did there. (laughs) But until the time that James dips his toe into the stream, I have one final thought. Hey, Fallout Boy, thanks for the lyrics. Da-da-da! It's been my pleasure. Like my pleasure. It's been my pleasure to be here. Please.
pleased to talk. Am a pleased to, to, to be here. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Hey, Eli, do you want to help me make an improvised fantasy adventure podcast? Hey, Ty, that sounds fun. Do we want to bring in all of our friends to play with us? Nope, just you. Okay, will I be on the whole time? Actually, no, you'll be on for three to six episodes, and then we'll bring on another guest. Okay, is one of us going to be the main character? Nope, you're all just going to be side characters in a larger story. Okay, but this podcast is going to be hard to find, right? Nope, just look up Side Character Quest on whatever podcast app you like, or just go to sidecharacterquest.com. Okay, but you promise not to kill my character, right? No promises. Uh, oh no. (laughs) 